Good morning. So just so you know, everyone here at this early service gets extra credit because it's Super Bowl Sunday, there's the Phoenix Open, and it was raining. So I won't ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure we can all think of somebody who didn't come today because, well, it's raining, it's Super Bowl Sunday, all that traffic, and so you get extra points. Make sure you let them know that on your way out. That John said, you get extra points. We're off to a good start. Um, as I said, my name is John. I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at Desert Springs Bible Church. We are continuing in our series called Baggage. This is number four in the series. Uh, previous to today, we have talked about being addicted. Um, we have talked about being outraged. Um, we have talked about... Um, what else did we talk about? <laughs> Depressed. I knew this earlier. I'm good thing I have notes. Um, we talked about all those things, and today we're talking about being haunted. We're talking about being haunted, and what we are going to be looking at are things in our past that seem to kind of continue to haunt us in our present. And we're going to look at two things specifically because there are myriad things we could probably point at that we're not going to cover in one day let alone one sermon on one morning. But we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at how our pain haunts us. We're going to look at how our pain haunts us, and we're going to talk about unforgiveness. And when we talk about unforgiveness, we're not talking about feeling unforgiven, but about being unforgiving towards someone else. So that's where we're going this morning. So what haunts us? Well, first, what haunts us is pain, any kind of pain from our past. In Psalm 56, starting at verse 1, it says, Be gracious to me, God, for man tramples me. He fights and oppresses me all day long. My adversaries trample me all day for many arrogantly fight against me. They, they twist my words all day long. All their thoughts against me are evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps while they wait to take my life. You could maybe use those words to describe a person from the past who hurt you. You could use those words to describe a memory that continues to haunt you. Conflict, a problem, anything that continues to haunt us. And see, often our pain, when we don't deal with it, will begin to take over us. And it begins to affect us in ways we either don't realize or didn't see coming or both. If you ever find yourself saying, ah, why do I get so mad at that person or about that issue? Or why do I say those things that I say that I always regret right afterward? Well, because sometimes the things that have hurt us, even though they're in the past and we'd like to think, oh, I'm over that, I'm past that, they stay with us. If you've ever had a bruise, like say on your arm, and it's one of those really big, ugly, purple and yellow, and you get to the point where it, now at least it doesn't hurt all the time. But if you look at it, <laughs> if you think about it, it starts to hurt, right? Have you ever had one of those? No, just me? Okay, well, apparently I'm quite more fragile than y'all are. Um, so yeah, you know, what, what if, and what if I had one of those on my arm, and I'm standing in line at Circle K, and there's somebody in front of me, 
And they turn around, and they accidentally bump into my arm. Now, no, under normal circumstances, what would I say? They bump me, oh, they go, oh, sorry, and what do I say? It's okay. You know, we say that to everything. Have you ever been in a restroom stall? Somebody accidentally opens the door, you forgot to lock it? They go, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Maybe everybody come, it's okay. He said, come on in. Yeah. But this time, you know, I'm, I'm standing in line, and I've got this huge bruise, and the person in front of me turns around, bumps into it, and goes, oh, sorry. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Because now it really hurts. And you did it. Now, is it that person's fault? Well, wait a minute, though. They bumped into me, and I'm experiencing a lot of pain. So they hurt me, right? You see how that works, though? Because see, some of us, we've got some bruises hanging around. We got hurt maybe a long time ago. And we think we're over it. We think it's behind us. We think it's in the past. But it's still there. And every now and then, somebody bumps into it. And so who do we blame? We blame that person that is now causing me a lot of pain. But the reason I'm in pain is not because they bumped into it. The reason I'm in pain is I got a wound that never healed. But if I don't put that together, then I'm going to blame anything and everything that ever touches that and sparks that pain up again. You see how easy it is to be fooled by the presence of pain in our life. And just so you know, I'm under no delusion that these answers to the things I'm bringing up this morning come easily and quickly, okay? The stuff we're going to be talking about today, if we're really going to get serious about experiencing some victory and some healing, it's going to take some time. It's not quick, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. You know, along with the pain that we get, the example that I just gave you is an example of how deception comes in, okay? In, in John chapter 8, Jesus said this about the devil. He said, the devil was a murderer from the beginning, and he's not stood in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies, now, each time that word lie or liars happens in that verse, it comes from a Greek word in the original text, pseudos. If we were to spell it in English, it would be P-S-E-U-D-O-S. Yeah, it's from the word, the word from which we get the prefix pseudo. So if we said, oh, he's a pseudo-teacher, you see what I mean? And the word was typically used, not just, it could be used for liar, but where it really carried was the idea of deception. In fact, some ancient writers used to use it as a word that described using truth to communicate a lie. Using truth to build a lie. Like in the example I gave you, that person bumps into me, now I hurt. Both are true. But then the lie is that it's their fault. And so it may be true that you grew up in a home where love was not a gift, it was a reward. You had to earn it. You had to bring value, and then you were loved in return. So you grow up thinking that that's what love means. 
And you think, well, hey, nobody ever just loved me unconditionally. Nobody does that in my experience. Now, so far, we could be telling the truth. True, true, true. And then so a conclusion might be, well, then how could God love me that way? Nobody, I never felt loved by anybody unconditionally. I grew up in that. I'm used to that. That's what makes sense to me. And so you tell me that God loves me unconditionally. I'm like, no, nobody does that. So you can see how you can use truth to build a lie. You can use truth to build a lie. And so what else haunts us? Our pain haunts us. It often haunts us by bringing, fostering deceptive thinking where we begin to believe lies about God or lies about people, maybe because of true things that actually happen, so those lies become very believable. Another thing that haunts us is this issue of unforgiveness. And as I said, we're not talking about feeling unforgiven. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> I'm not just throwing that aside. We just don't have time to cover all of this today. But the idea of being unforgiving towards someone else. In Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul said, Forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. If you spend any time at all studying the Bible, reading the Bible, listening to it, coming to church, you've probably heard this at least in concept before. But there, I want you to zero in on one part of it. Just as the Lord has forgiven you. Not just as all your friends and relatives say, hey, you've forgiven enough. Or not just for the really big stuff or the little stuff, but not for the really big stuff. No, it just says, just as the Lord has forgiven you. <sighs> really? We're supposed to forgive other people just like God forgives us? That's asking a lot, isn't it? The answer to that is yes. Okay. Yes, it is asking a lot to be able to forgive people who have hurt us in some way, the same way God does. That is asking a lot. Doesn't mean God's not asking it of us. <laughs> he is. But it's a tall order. It's a lot. And as I said, this stuff doesn't come easy or quickly, but it can come. It can come. You see, forgiveness is a lot like a burger, okay? I, okay, we're not at the funny part yet, but we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> this is a loaded burger. Now, some people, when they think, I feel like a burger, this is what they have in mind. And some people think of forgiveness like that. I don't know how many times I've had somebody sitting across from me and I bring up this issue of forgiveness and it's like, no, I, if I forgive them, then that means that I have to be back in this relationship with them, that, that I have to trust them or I have to be okay with them. It's like, well, no. So it's kind of like saying, well, if I'm going to have a burger, then I also got to have lettuce and three different kinds of cheese and a tomato and whatever else is stuffed in there. But see, the truth is a burger can just be plain, like that. This is still a burger. Without all the other stuff, it's still a burger. And forgiveness is kind of like this. 
if forgiving somebody else can result in reconciliation and a healthy relationship, if forgiving somebody else can result in rebuilding trust, great. But sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you have to separate all the condiments that often go, people want to go along with forgiveness from the forgiveness itself. We have to separate it from the forgiveness itself. You see, forgiveness without all the extras is still forgiveness. And so what is that supposed to mean? Basically, at its core, forgiveness means choosing not to punish or impose consequences. That's what it means. Choosing not to impose the consequences. Choosing not to punish. Choosing not to talk about them at work or at the family gatherings or among common friends. Choosing not to try to influence other people to dislike or distrust them. Choosing not to have the imaginary script running in your head where you get to see something bad happen to them. I remember years ago I was preparing to teach on this issue and somebody, I heard news, somebody from my past was going through a really, really tough time and this is somebody that I had worked for for a while and I did not agree with much of what they both believed, thought, or how they managed. And so when I heard this news that they were, that they were, they were working, it was falling apart, and I remember what I was thinking, how's it feel? And I was studying this, and that came to mind, and it was like God just went, how's that feel? <laughs> Didn't feel good. And I realized I do that all the time. I do that all the time. So right then, I, realized, I, I had to stop. Literally, I got on my knees, leaning against my chair, and was like, I can't even be, keep do working on this if I don't repent, if I don't stop and ask God for forgiveness myself. It's just so easy to fall into that rut, into that pattern of having those imaginary retribution fantasies. I want to invite um, Pastor Danny and Pastor Matt to come out and help me with this. In Romans chapter 12, it says this, Do not repay evil for evil. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. Here's the key part of this where it says, so far as it depends on you. Not so far as it depends on them. Not so far until they come crawling to you or maybe walking on knees on gravel or broken glass and begging for your forgiveness. It has nothing to do with that other person. It's so far as it depends on you. So, as a way to illustrate this this morning, um, the part of Matt Hawkins will be played by Pastor Matt Hawkins who brought with him a conflict between him and I that will be the part of which will be played by this chain. So let's just say that Matt and I have a problem with each other, okay? And each one of these links regards is something that, in my opinion, my completely objective, unemotional, com 
fair and balanced perspective that he did wrong. Something he said, something he did, something he thinks, something stupid he posted on Facebook, whatever it is, okay? And so now that's a problem between us. But you know, as far as I'm concerned, I just don't have anything to do with him. In fact, that whole conflict, that's in the past. I'm over it, okay? I don't even think about it anymore. I'm free to move about my life (laughs) without feeling any pressure or any connection to him at all. And if I keep telling myself that, then I'll even start to believe it's true, right? (laughs) Another deception. But the truth is, we got a problem. Now, let's say Matt is not going to apologize. I mean, (laughs) you can tell by his hat what kind of attitude he probably has. (laughs) He's not going to apologize. He's not going to agree with me. He's not going to see it my way. And so what am I supposed to do? Because we still have this conflict here. Well, so far as it depends on me, so far as it depends on me, there's nothing I can do to make him different. I can't get him to think differently. I can't get him to act differently. The only thing I can do is try to take my end of the conflict, my end of the chain, and I'm going to give it to Danny, who is playing the part of God. Man. He got laughed at, you got applauded. (laughs) And so now the problem, the conflict, is not between Matt and I anymore. Now it's between Matt and God. Because look what it says. Do not avenge yourselves, even if it's just between your own ears. Do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath. See, now Matt is God's problem and not me. For it is written, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. But here's the problem with this whole idea. This sounds really great, doesn't it? If we could do that, we'd just take that chain, give it to God, right? But here's what we do. We kind of go, you know, um, I'd like that back, please. (laughs) Because there's this one more thing that I was thinking about would be really cool that if Matt experienced, I think he would really deserve it. And then it's like, God says, no, no. All right, fine. And maybe I've got to do that. Maybe if every time I do it now, maybe I can take it, every time I take it back, I'm going to leave one link behind. And then I'll give it to God again. And then maybe I'll take it back again. But you know what? If I have to do this 200 times, and if I can leave one link behind every time, Sooner or later, someday, I will give God the last link for the last time. And then I'm free. Thanks, guys. Give them a hand. But you know, here's the hard part, too, where it says, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. Leave room for God's wrath. It's like, if, it's like if we were sitting at a table and I reached over and I just picked up your cell phone and put it in my pocket. What would you be thinking? You'd be going, um, that's my phone, not yours. Yeah, I know. You need to give that back, <laughs> okay? Because that's my phone, it's not your phone. And that's kind of like what God is saying. You know that vengeance you're trying to carry out? Give it back, that's mine. Vengeance is mine. 
But see, here's the thing. We think, okay, I'm okay with vengeance being God's. I'm okay. When it comes to that person, I'm good about the wrath of God. I'm, in fact, God, okay, really, ratty, wrath. We want to watch, though. It's like, okay, cue the wrath of God. Boom. And he says, yeah, the wrath is God's wrath. Leave room for God's wrath. Vengeance is mine. But we don't get to watch. But we want to. Because we just want to make sure that God was wrathful enough. (laughs) What we would really like is if God would sort of, maybe we could put in some suggested wrath. (laughs) And he could carry that. Like, well, God, do you need like a wrath focus group? Because I'd like to be in it. In fact, I'd just like to be it and tell you, here's how you should carry out your wrath against my, the person that I'm pretty mad at. Mm-mm. Giving it to God means giving that all the links, the last link for the last time, and then trusting that at the right time, God will do the right thing with that person. That God will deal with that individual the right way at the right time, and he does not need nor want my help. I said, it doesn't happen quick. It doesn't happen easy. I know that's bad English, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. So what are some solutions for what haunts us? Well, the first thing is this. When you're haunted, a few things to remember. The first is this. God cares about your pain. God cares about your pain. Back in Psalm 56, it says this, you yourself have recorded my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your records? You know, it's tempting for me to think, you know, when I've got some kind of petty conflict going on, And I'm still being angry at this person, and I know I shouldn't. I want to picture God as going, John, just get over it. (sighs) Wouldn't it be nice if you could just do that? Someone says, just get over it, man. You need to just get past that. You need to just put that behind you. Don't you love those sort of little pithy Christian sayings, little bumper sticker clauses that sound nice, but how do you do that? (laughs) What do you mean? And is there something wrong with me that just, I can't just do that as easily as I can say it? No, there's nothing wrong with you. It means you're normal, you're human. But we got to understand that God cares about our pain. He takes it seriously. He cares if something has hurt you. He cares if it's continuing to hurt you. He cares if it's getting you jacked up about going about your life. He cares. So we got to remember that God cares about our pain. But we also need to remember what it says in God's Word. In Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4, and then they're repeated later in t- verses 10 and 11. It says, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you, God, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not fear. What can man do to me? This I know. God is for me. Easy to read, easy to say. But can we actually believe this? Can we tell ourselves these things when we feel all alone? 
Can we tell ourselves what God's Word says when we feel abandoned, betrayed, misunderstood? We can't. It takes some work. It takes some help. But we can't. I've seen it. And many, many times. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus was speaking and he said to them, Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten in God's sight. Indeed, the hairs of your head are all counted. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Now, if you have hair on your head, you probably don't know how many. And for those of us who actually can count the hairs on their head, you can switch out head for back. <laughs> so you could say, God knows how many hairs are on your back. And somebody going, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> Men or women, whatever. But God knows how many hairs you have. I bet none of us in this room know the answer to that question. How many hairs are on you? I, I couldn't even start. Meaning God pays attention to you. God knows more about you than you know about yourself. So if he knows how many hairs are on your head, he knows that you're hurt. He knows you've been hurt. He knows why you were hurt. He knows how much it hurt. And he knows how to heal it. He knows how to heal it. So when we're haunted, remember that God cares about your pain. And you know, it's interesting here what he says. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. In God's word, it says the answer to fear that comes up in our lives, fear of being hurt again, maybe the fear of when you have to encounter that person, the antidote to fear is not just suck it up, have a better attitude, just try to ignore it. No, it's realize you are worth more than even the smallest bird that doesn't fall out of a tree and God doesn't know about it. Your value to God is the ultimate solution to fear and pain knowing that you are so valuable to him that he knows everything. He pays attention to you. At any given moment, he knows how many hairs are on your head. God cares about you. He cares about what has hurt you. He cares about how that pain has wounded you. He cares about how it continues to wound you and to lead you and to drive you He cares. And he wants to remember that he cares. But he also wants you to remember what his word says and is that you are so valuable to him. I need to be reminded of that. You know, I've been around for a while. And there's some upsides about being in my general age group. You know, I didn't get this gray hair out of a bottle 
But I've been very fortunate. I've got two kids of whom I'm very proud. I'm surprised every day they turned out like they did in spite of my parenting skills. I spent 30 plus years being married to my favorite person in the world. And now I got two little granddaughters. So there's an upside to being around for a while. But there's a downside. I've been around long enough to have experienced some pain. I've been around long enough to have brought some pain into my own life. And yeah, sometimes it haunts me. The mistakes, the regret, and all that goes along with it. Sometimes it still haunts me. And so the things I'm giving you is not just a one-shot inoculation. I'm in this with you. I'm working on it too. It comes up. I catch myself. Give the chain back to God. When you're haunted, God cares about your pain. Remember what God's word says. And also know that help is available. Help is available. Throughout this series, we've been offering this opportunity for you. You can actually do this. Everybody take out your phone right now. Because some of you are going to do this, but not everybody. But I don't want people feeling conspicuous like, oh, if I pull my phone out, everyone thinks I messed up. So pull your phone out, okay? And I want everybody to text the word baggage to 55222. Because there is help available. What you'll see when you do that is you'll see a link to a web page that we've put up of some resources. Some of these resources are in-house. Some of these resources are outside of Desert Springs Bible Church. We've got recovery programs like Celebrate Recovery and Mending the Soul and other groups. We have resources in-house. If you need to just sit down with a pastor to talk through some stuff and Look at how does the Bible speak to these issues. I spend a lot of my time here doing that with people. You're gonna, in a minute, you're going to hear uh, from Living Hope Counseling. There's agencies like that that are really helpful. That Basically, no matter how bad you have been hurt, we want to help you. And we will help you get connected to somebody who can specialize in what you're dealing with and struggling with. And we'll put it together for you. We're here to help. Whether it's something we can help with in-house or it's something outside, we work hard at being connected to resources. You're going to hear more about one that's been particularly effective in our community that we really want to put on your radar. But help is available. And you know what? There's a lot of things that we can work on and that we can do in our lives to confront the pain whether from things that are happening now or things that have happened in the past that is messing with our lives, it's creating deceptions, that's tripping us up. And often we need someone else who could come alongside to help uncover some of these things that we're probably just not going to see by ourselves. But you know, I'm a firm believer that every problem that we work on in our lives ultimately has a spiritual context. Now, that doesn't mean just, well, you just need to go pray about it. No, you may need some real help. 
You may need someone with some skills and some insight who can really help you dig in and grab a hold of this thing. But ultimately, big, huge spiritual picture of everything we're going through. How do we fight this battle? Ultimately, all the things that we're doing to deal with it are part of a spiritual conflict that's going on. In Ephesians 6, it says this, Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics, the deceptions, the lies of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, when it says our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's not saying that flesh and blood is not the battlefield, (laughs) because sometimes it is. In fact, most of the time it is. It's just that in addition to the things that we're doing here in this, in, on this earth, on with our feet on the ground, there is a spiritual context because God cares about our pain. And he wants to be involved in bringing the solution to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your love and forgiveness. And God, just like you know how many hairs are on my head, you know all the ways that I've been hurt. You know all the ways that I have hurt others. And you have the power to bring healing to our lives through your word through the help and service and insight of other people, through programs that we can get involved in that will really help us zero in, maybe through pastors, through counselors. God, we need you. And we need to avail ourselves of all of those things that you have put into place to serve and assist every single one of us in bringing us to the healing that you have for us. So God, I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you that no pain, no matter how traumatic, no matter how debilitating, is beyond your scope of power. And that there are so many things you want to use to bring healing into our lives. And we thank you for this, all of this, In Jesus' name, amen.